0: Staggering, incredible events happened around the cross. This helps us understand more of the significance and importance of his sacrifice. This is the moment God was doing the great foretold work of the Messiah. The Old Testament looked forward and the New Testament looks back to it. We wanna look at seven events that took place while Jesus was on the cross. They are supernatural darkness, the veil of the temple torn in two from top to bottom, An earthquake, graves opened, spirits seen, scriptures fulfilled, and surprising statements from people at the cross. All of these things helped to reinforce the great work God was doing through the suffering of Christ. Number one, there was a supernatural darkness. Mark 15:33 says, now when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. That is, there was darkness at noon and lasted until the ninth hour, 3 hours of darkness. This surprising, miraculous event not only happened, but it was foretold in the Old Testament. In Psalms 22, verse 2, it says, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear, and in the night season, and am not silent. In Psalms 22 is that first person account of a crucifixion, one of the most powerful prophecies in the entire Old Testament. This was written about by a contemporary of Jesus, Thallus wrote a history of the Eastern Mediterranean he wrote in A.D. 52, although the original writing has been lost. Julius Africanus, a historian from the 200s, writes of Thallus' work. And Phlajan, a Greek historian, wrote in 137 about a great eclipse that took place in 33 A.D. and took place at the 6th hour and became the night of day at noon. What does this mean? It was the darkest moment of human history, when all the sin of mankind was placed upon Christ and the incarnate Son of God, the very glory of the Father, breathed his last breath during this darkness. Acts 26, 18 says, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness for their sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in in me turning from darkness to light and in John 8:12 we read then Jesus spoke to them again saying I am the light of the world he who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life Jesus was plunged into darkness so we could walk in light. He was beaten for our peace. By his stripes, we are healed. He carried our sorrow and our grief, and he faced the darkness of the cross so we could be set free from the darkness that had hold of us. The second incredible event that happened around the cross was that while Jesus was dying, the veil in the temple was torn in two. The veil in the temple spoke of the separation between God and man. Only once a year could the high priest enter and not without blood lest he die. He had to have a sacrifice with him or he would die. Now, why is there this separation between us and God? Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 says, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save nor his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. That's why we had to have a veil that separated and a sacrifice that could bring someone near to it. It says in Matthew 27, 50 and 51, and when Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yelled up his spirit, then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split. Now the veil was torn from top to bottom opening up a way for us to have access to God. Jesus, as it were, becomes the veil by which we enter into the presence of God. Because now that our sins are forgiven and the blood of Christ has been applied to us, we can now approach him without a veil in the way. Just as the veil in the temple represented the only way to God, so Jesus is the only way that we can enter into the presence of God and by the blood of his son. Hebrews 10, 19 and 20 says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which He consecrated for us through the veil that is, His flesh. Now, the third amazing event that happened was the earthquake. Matthew 27, 51 says, Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom, and the earthquake and the rocks were split. The mountain of the old covenant had an earthquake as well, and the new covenant that replaced it had an earthquake. Exodus 19.18 says, Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke, but the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. The fourth incredible miraculous event that happened at the cross were that the graves were opened. It says in Matthew 27.52 and 53, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, he went into the holy city and appeared to many. These graves being opened at the point Jesus dies on the cross is not surprising. And it's not just for these resurrected saints that we'll talk about in just a moment, but it is to show that he is victorious over the grave. Hosea 13, 14, God in an amazing prophecy talked about the destruction of the grave. He said, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. And then he speaks directly to death, O death, I will be your plague. O grave, I will be your destruction. Pity is hidden from my eyes. God would have no pity on the grave. The grave would be done and defeated. No wonder on the cross and the earthquake, some of the graves of Jerusalem were split open as a sign that any who put their trust in Christ will be saved from the grave. Now the fifth amazing thing that happened actually happened a few days after the cross. Again, let me read to you Matthew 27, 52, 53. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep, which means had died, were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Now, this didn't happen when Jesus died on the cross. People will often ask me, why when Jesus died on the cross did people raise then? They didn't it was at his resurrection, he rose from the dead and he was the first fruits of that resurrection. And as if to show the power of his resurrection, there were saints that were seen and appeared in the holy city. In order for Jesus to be resurrected, he had to die that death took place on the cross and the graves were opened. But the souls, the spirits of those who would come out of the grave after he was resurrected would be a sign that you and I can be resurrected as well. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 and 22 says, But now Christ is raised from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, By man also came the resurrection of the dead, for in Adam one died, so in Christ all may be made alive. The sixth staggering thing that happened at the cross is that many scriptures were fulfilled. As if God was saying, I knew this was going to happen, I planned it, this was my salvation, I had a plan in the suffering of Christ. We see such fulfillment in examples like dividing and gambling for his clothes, revealed in Psalm 22 piercing him in Jerusalem, Zechariah 12:10. It says in Psalm, they gave me gall for food and wine to drink. And again, the Bible says that he was with the rich in his death. It talked about the darkness on the cross and even talked about those who would mock him, saying the exact same words that they said to mock him, fulfilled from a prophecy in Psalm 22. All of this would be telling us that this didn't happen by accident that this was not a tragedy that Jesus was being killed. It was him laying down his life. This was a rescue mission at which he made a fountain of life that flowed from the cross that any who are thirsty can come to and drink. The seventh staggering thing that happened on the cross were surprising statements. Matthew 27, 54 says, "'So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly saying, truly, this was the son of God. When they saw the darkness on the cross, when they felt the earthquake at the moment that he died, when they had seen him praying for them, that this would not be held to their account because they didn't know what they were doing. When the time came for his death, the centurion said, truly, this is a righteous man in the book of Luke. And in Matthew and Mark, we're told they said truly this was the Son of God. There was a revelation to the Roman soldiers that the Son of God had been crucified. The other surprising statement comes from the thief on the cross, who looked over and saw the sign above the head of Jesus, King of the Jews, and so said to him, will you remember me?" When you come into your kingdom, he believed he had a kingdom and believed that somehow this crucified rabbi could actually save him. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Three things in closing, number one, we have been translated from darkness into light from the sand. Onto the rock. We can live differently now, empowered by the Spirit of God, because we are called out of darkness. Jesus suffered darkness so we could walk in the light. Number two, God is a plague to death and a destruction to the grave. Warren Wearsby said, We are not fighting for victory, but from victory. And death is defeated in my life already because I have put my trust in Christ. And number three, The veil was torn so we could know we have access to God. Where only one man one time a year had access before, now we can go boldly to the throne of grace to receive help in a time of need.